It's time for Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Well, I think when you look back on the BYU-Utah State game played in 2021, I believe we will refer to it as the Tyler Algier game. Welcome in to Cougar Post Game Live. BYU, 13th ranked in the country and still undefeated, improving to 5-0 and with a 34-20 victory tonight in Logan over Utah State. Jason Shepard with you, and man alive, Tyler Algier, what a performance. Career high in yards and in touchdowns, 22 carries, 218 yards, and three touchdowns, and none bigger than the long run that at the moment in the fourth quarter, once Utah State had pulled within a touchdown and quite honestly had all the momentum, Tyler Algier with a long run, we thought got into the end zone, but the right call was made. He was down at about the half-yard line, and look, All that did was allow BYU to run another minute-plus off the clock before they would go in to score anyway and go up by two touchdowns. So BYU is going to take that any day of the week. You knew BYU was going to score anyway. Tyler Algier, just a fantastic performance. But now, with BYU improving to 5-0, now you look ahead to next week. Lots of things happened in this game. Obviously, the first half, and it's really weird when you think about it, the first half almost seems irrelevant even though most of the heavy lifting was done in that first half the offense was unstoppable but at halftime through halftime as we were talking about it getting ready for the second half to start we had no idea that Baylor Romney was not going to come out as the quarterback in the second half Jacob Conover took over BYU's third string quarterback in tonight's setting he was obviously the backup but with Jaron Hall out Baylor starting third string quarterback Jacob Conover making his BYU debut to start the second half because of a head injury to Baylor Romney he was out for the rest of the game we look ahead to next week what is Baylor's status What about Jaron Hall? Is Jaron Hall going to be healthy enough that he will play against Boise State in Provo on Saturday afternoon? Will Jacob Conover be the guy that gets all of the reps with the ones this week? Lots of stuff to talk about, but right now we're going to focus on what BYU did. 466 yards of total offense, 336 for Utah State. Passing yards, 245 BYU, excuse me, Utah State did have more passing yards, 314 to 245, but the rushing yards is just dominant, 221 to 22. Utah State rushed the ball for 22 total yards. Six rushes, or excuse me, 35 rushes for 22 yards. BYU did not allow Utah State to get anything going, and and really, it was the Logan Bonner show for them, and credit to him, 276, two touchdowns. He did have an interception before getting injured late in the game and uh, making the way for Peasley to come in, but Bonner, he uh, did not allow BYU's defense to get to him and really give him one of those big shots, and certainly all night long just continued to keep drives alive. And Greg and Riley talked about it a lot during the broadcast. The third down conversions for Utah State looked like that may end up hurting BYU ultimately. Thank goodness that it did not. But 11 of 21, Utah State was converting on third downs. And so many of them were not just, say, a third and short, third and five. These were third and long. 
third and extra long. We're talking a couple of, you know, third, third and 10 plus, third and 15. They found ways to convert, but BYU did enough. And in that uh, fourth quarter, Tyler, in that uh, fourth quarter, Tyler Algier took over. BYU did exactly what they needed to do to improve to 5-0. and Also want to remind you that when the Cougars win, you win with Papa John's Pizza. Use the online promo code BYU50 at PapaJohns.com tomorrow and receive 50% off pizza. This offer is good at any Utah location tomorrow only. Still waiting to uh, hear some of the post-game comments from head coach Kalani Satake as well as the BYU players. No Zoom tonight. We'll be hearing them uh, just outside their locker room on the field. So we will take a break. If there's an opportunity to uh, hear those folks when we come back, we will do that. Otherwise, we'll hit some uh, other college football scores on this Friday night. BYU gets the win, 34-20. to They stay undefeated. They are 5-0 and as they head into a big week against Boise State back in Provo. Back for more Cougar Post Game Live right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. The BYU Cougars proudly taking the old wagon wheel back to Provo. And as we found out during the week and hearing Gunnar Romney discuss how heavy that was, certainly not going to be taken back by one person. The whole team will have to lift that bad boy uh, back to Provo, but they will do it gladly with the 34-20 victory over the Utah State Aggies tonight. Jason Shepard with you. Welcome back into Cougar Postgame Live. Waiting for the BYU players and coaches to come out of the locker room to talk about this one. As we mentioned, obviously one of the big storylines of this game, the second half, Jacob Conover making his debut as a BYU Cougar. Five of nine for 45 yards, and certainly there was a very steep learning curve kind of thrown in there to start the second half. You obviously didn't expect him to get the playing time tonight, especially with the way that the offense was just humming in that first half. And then obviously the injury to Baylor Romney and Jacob Conover put in there. His very first play in the second half was an incomplete pass. And there were a couple where you could tell he was feeling his oats a little bit, overthrew a couple of guys. But all in all, he did exactly what he needed to do to secure the victory. Again, 5 of 9, 45 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, Everything, you know, when you've got a guy like Tyler Algier that can rush for over 200 yards and three touchdowns. By the way, he averaged almost 10. I mean, he's 9.9. I'm going to round that up to 10. Averaged 10 yards a carry, had several big runs, none bigger than the one in the uh, fourth quarter that uh, was called short, ultimately ended up in a touchdown to Tyler Algier. Uh, But uh, just a great night for BYU, definitely dealing with a lot of adversity and still finding a way to stay undefeated. All right, let's uh, let you know about some other action going on uh, right now. And, of course, uh, my internet here is deciding uh, not to cooperate. Uh, There were uh, two other games tonight in college football, so obviously not a very uh, busy night, as you would expect on a Friday night to begin with. Uh, But there was one other top 25 game Number five, Iowa, on the road at Maryland, and Hawkeyes getting this one big. 51-14 was the final score. Also, uh, the Houston Cougars, the soon-to-be conference uh, opponent in the Big 12 with BYU, and they all join in 2023 or later for the other schools. BYU will be there in 2023. They go on the road at Tulsa and get the victory 45-10. 
Coming up uh, tomorrow, some big games in top 25 action. I would imagine uh, most people will be uh, paying attention to the battle between the number nine team and the number seven team, Notre Dame and Cincinnati. Everybody uh, probably uh, focusing on that one. That will be the big game. Gets underway at uh, 1230 Mountain Time. And if you're a BYU fan, probably rooting for the Irish in this one. Uh, Seventh-ranked Cincinnati, one of those teams that BYU would be battling for uh, for a spot uh, towards the end of the year. So probably rooting for Notre Dame uh, in that situation. Also number eight, Arkansas at number two, Georgia. Number 12, Ole Miss at number one, Alabama. Alabama 4-0, and o. Ole Miss is 3-0. and o. Number three, Oregon at Stanford. 10th-ranked Florida at Kentucky, Oklahoma State, and Baylor. Both teams ranked in the top 25. The Baylor Bears at number 21, Oklahoma State at number 19. That game being played in Stillwater. For all of us uh, excited about the Big 12, and I would imagine that's all of us, that's probably one we'll uh, pay a little bit of attention to. That kicks off at 5 o'clock Mountain Time. Also, number 4, Penn State hosting Indiana. Number 25, Clemson hosting Boston College. And number 22, Auburn on the road at LSU. All right, we'll take a break, come back, hope to hear from the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Satake. When we return, it is 34-20, your final score. BYU, the 13th-ranked team in the country, staying undefeated at 5-0, getting the win over Utah State on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Jason Shepard for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougars winners in Cache Valley over Utah State, 34-20 the final score. Welcome back to Maverick Stadium in Logan, Utah. The BYU Cougars improving to 5-0. and Let's go over some of the stats one more time. Baylor Romney. With a stat line in the first half only, 15 of 19, 187 yards, and a touchdown would leave the game at the end of the first half with a head injury, did not return. Jacob Conover, 5 of 9 for 45 yards. Anil Pau, 2 for 2, 13 yards. One of those passes to Baylor Romney, who was uh, stopped at the one-yard line. Looked like BYU was going to go in for a touchdown, and they would ultimately settle for a field goal on that drive. But the big story of the night, I'm going to call it the Tyler Algier game. That's what we will remember it for. Tyler Algier, a career high with 218 yards and three touchdowns on 22 carries, a long of 67, an average 9.9 a game. So look at this. BYU rushed for 221. Tyler Algier had 218. He also had Pukunakua, 2 for 17. Lopini Katoa, 6 for 8. And uh, Baylor Romney had a couple of runs, but uh, because of some sacks, his uh, rushing yards was actually a negative 18. In terms of receiving, Gunnar Romney, 5 for 42. Neil Pau, 4 for 49. Isaac Rex, 3 for 39 and a touchdown. So back-to-back games for Isaac Rex with a touchdown catch. Tyler Algier, 3 for 22. Baylor Romney, 2 for 13. And uh, Samson Nakua, 1 for 17. And Lopini Katoa, 1 for 7. A couple storylines stayed true in this game as well. And uh, Greg and Riley were talking about another game with no turnovers for the BYU Cougars. That is uh, a fantastic stat that all coaches will preach about. Also, BYU once again scored first. They've done that in every game. Obviously, that has worked out well for BYU. Also, the Cougars still have never trailed at any point in this season. Uh, and the Cougars now are 5-0 and with a big matchup Saturday afternoon 
against Boise State at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. All right, I think we're going to probably have head coach Kalani Satake as well as some of the players uh, coming outside the locker room to speak. We will get to that when we come back. The Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room Show is next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to post-game coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with the Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room Show. Stop by local Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Let's head live to the Built Bar broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Just quickly pause 10 seconds for station ID on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, Kalani Shitake talking to the press outside the BYU locker room. His Cougars beat the Aggies 34-20. Here's Coach. And just really, really uh, happy with our players, but really happy with our coaches, the adjustments they made and things that they did with the, with the play calls on offense, defense, and special teams. Really. What can you say about Tyler's uh, running tonight, career high in 208 yards? Yeah, he got really tired. He couldn't finish the game. He's so tired, you know, but uh, just really, really happy. Um, and if you ask him, he'll to the line and everyone blocking downfield, but um, did a great job protecting the ball, um, you know, making sure that they had good ball security. I had to watch the film to see if it was perfect, but other than that, I, I really was I was really happy with the way he ran the ball and the way the offense blocked. What's the diagnosis on Baylor? I don't know yet. I, I, I mean, I wish I knew, I knew, but I talked to him after the game. He's on the sideline. Uh, we'll see. We'll have to evaluate it uh, in the next 24 hours and then go into the next week, and we'll, we'll see what happens. But he obviously couldn't come back and play the game, and we, we have to protect him and, and keep him safe. So that's – thank goodness for over. And some guys that, that – uh, some some depth. Some guys stepped up and made a lot of big – coaches and our players stepped up and made, made, made it uh, possible for us to get the win. Um, Jaron's close in practice, but we just didn't feel like he was good enough yet. Um, and we felt like Baylor had a better week of practice. And so just kind of trying to feel it out and figure out what's the best thing for the player, number one, and then what's uh, right for our team. So that's we're hoping we can get him back. We're hoping we can get Baylor back. We'll have to just kind of. Well, I mean, whatever he did with the. That worked. You know, I, I like the, I like that that we we relied on our front to win the for us the second half. Our D line, and a lot of times brought three man for us, and you know, and it hit. So I, I was really proud of him winning the front was stopping the run game. That's what we wanted to do is control the run game with three guys rushing the ball. And when you can do that, the, probably probably play some really great defense if you can do that to it. So uh, plays had to defend, but it was a lot and. Really proud of the adjustments, getting the depth in there and rotating the guys. We made one mistake in rotation, but other than that, I thought we were able to keep our guys mostly fresh, and um, and that's that's a huge credit to our players, but also our coaches getting them ready. What was the message you and Audrey gave Conover going into the second half when you knew he was going to be the guy? We trust him with with everything in the playbook. I think I don't know if his first play was a throw. the ball off even though that's what we did towards the end because we're trying to grind the clock out and milk I thought he did a good job taking some 
good job making adjustments and checks at the line of scrimmage. Uh, in, in an environment where it was really loud in the second half and, and a little difficult, I think we had some penalties because of it. But hey, credit to Utah State's fans. They made a lot of noise and made it difficult for us. To Yeah, should have had, and he should stay on his feet because he's a lot better when you're on your feet. But um, it, it's the belief that, that uh, Coach Guilford and Tuyaki and Ed Lamb and them have players. It's a, you make a mistake, you can learn from it and get back in there and, and make plays. And, and we wouldn't be able to win the game without him and without... Um, well, Christensen, so uh, those guys really stepped up. I... I, I the 11 guys on the field were great, but it was the other 11 that really stepped up and made some plays for us, too. What do you have to say about the amount of three-down conversions? Yeah, credit for them, but I was getting frustrated and getting angry, and I think they had a 19-play drive, and I'm like, golly, you know, that's what well, they made plays. They went for it on fourth down, even on their side of the ball and uh, on their side of the field, and so it was just credit to, to Blake and, and the rest of the staff, those guys were aggressive and wanted to make plays, and they weren't afraid to go for it on fourth down, and we were close. I, I liked the coverage, other than I didn't see a lot of broken coverage. I, I saw a really explosive offense. Guys hung in there. We used all our corners to, to cover us, and they, I thought we played a lot of man coverage today, so you know, I, hope that we, we, I think we used all yeah, because they're noisy. They did a good job, and, and 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 it was a lot of fun, though. I, I told our players to embrace it, and you know, towards the end, I mean, we, I just wanted to. I was clapping them up because I wanted to give them give them a lot of credit for for what they did, and hope they can keep supporting their team. It is a huge advantage. Yeah, the fast starts help us, um, but I like ending the right way, and we've been able to do that in, in, in our games. And so, uh, we just we just have to stay consistent in the way we play. I like the way our guys are being coached. I like the way our guys are responding. We've had to use quite a bit of depth in the last five games, and so. Um, Let's heal up and take an, an extra day to get better and, 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 you know, an extra day to prep and get ready for Boise because they'll, they'll be ready to, to come into our house and, and play a ranked team. They, they've, they've been on that side before. We've been on that side before, so we know, uh, I know that, that Andy will have his guys ready. All right, guys, thank you. Appreciate All right, that is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake, and thank you, folks, for bearing with us through the connection issues we have. It's a difficult situation with the distance from the booth that we are with our remote setup and the number of people in that area. So doing the best we can, and uh, appreciate you hanging with us. This is the BYU t- Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room Show. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires for the lowest price on every tire, plus no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Back with BYU player comments after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Tyler Algier tonight, 200-plus uh, yard rushing game, 218. Talking to the press right now, let's go down to Tyler. So I think that's literally what had everyone under P's and Q's, and literally that's what we did. 
through five games now, you guys have never trailed an opponent. What does that say about this team that you've been able to not only win, but stay ahead of the opponents wire to wire? Well, like I said about freaking uh, with Jacob Conover, I just think we're all reliable and relentless, literally. If someone comes down, literally, we're literally... Like, we had two offensive linemen that were down and two offensive linemen that ended up picking picking it up and literally just ended up starting and doing their thing. So, you know, it shows a lot to what BYU football is and what we're, what we're messages. And literally, just we're all reliable and literally that's what BYU football is and what we do. Did you guys sing the Wagon Wheel song? <laughs> you can hear it. We're playing it right now. <laughs> yeah, so we're all having a, having a blast singing the Wagon Wheel, so it's great. Honestly, not really. Not really. Yeah, I wasn't really looking like that, but honestly, they were saying some funny stuff. But What is about this team that whenever you guys get in a tight spot, maybe you know, one possession game, you guys always have an answer? What's, what's led to that? What's caused that? Literally just having the defense back, you know, literally them scoring, them scoring right there, and then or even if it's a field goal, you know, we're just trying to get points on the board and literally just having it. Everyone's back, offense, defense, and special teams is what literally what we do. And I think that's what's that's what's really different from the past teams and what this team is now. Today. Last two questions. How does it feel to just have a, a career night, 208, your best performance as a BYU What does that mean to you? Shoot, grateful, but literally just making the O line right. Making the O line right, you know, literally then they work their butts off. All my credit goes to my O line. How would you rate your QB3's performance? I mean, third quarterback of the year coming in and this environment, hostile as hell, all of that. But it seemed like Conover kind of settled into the game pretty nice. No, he did great. He did great. Literally just coming in, coming in from the second half with Baylor, with what happened to Baylor, and literally just doing his thing, doing his thing, literally. Because who, oh, just everyone just being ready. Everyone being ready and literally did what he did. Thanks, he did great. Ben, slide in here. Thank you. With it, and uh, I think Ben Bywater will speak to the media next. Then we'll take a break. What adjustments did the defense make in the second half to get off the field? More? Definitely. I mean, we uh, towards the third end of the third quarter, we uh, started playing a little bit more drop eight, um, just because we knew that they were going to start throwing the ball. So I mean, it's all it's all scheme based, and so if you uh, we, we started shutting down the run in that third quarter, and so they had no other option but to pass. So that was kind of the game plan, and uh, it worked out for us. So, your team only gave up 22 yards on the ground on 35 carries. What does that say about the run defense that you were able to just shut them down that completely? Definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm proud of how the guys the guys played, especially. I mean, these, these we've worked hard all offseason, so for us to, to go in there and dominate the line of scrimmage like that, it's just a testament of our hard work. So, you know, I'm proud of those guys, and we've got a great scout team, a great, you know, great scheme in general with the coaches. So, uh, yeah, that's that's that explains why. Five games into the season now, and you guys still trailed an opponent at any point this season. What does that say about how this team is, is performing from the start of the game? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it just shows we're, we're coming out. We're coming out hot, confident. So, I mean, it's definitely – there's pros and cons of both, right? You want to be in tough situations so that you can, you know, bounce back. But, you know, I'm proud of our guys. And, and for us not to trail is, is something to, you know, hang our heads high about. So, I mean, I'm proud of us for doing that, and it just shows that our offense and our defense, we're complete teams. So. Who were some of the guys in the locker room when it was known that Baylor was going to be out the rest of the game? You guys that maybe stepped up vocally and said, like, hey, stay, keep your head on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the captains, right? I mean, Peyton Wilgar, Keenan Peely. I mean, I mean, those guys, I mean, we, we heard uh, when Baylor was out. I mean, that's, that's tough. Baylor's a great player, so 
Um, I mean, well, we believe in Jake, right? So Jake, Jake came in, did a great job, didn't turn the ball over, and was able to march down the field and get a few scores. So, I mean, the whole team stepped up in general, but obviously we looked to our captains to, to lead us through those. Ben, personally, what's it, what's it like better? when you when you get those third downs and they get it by an inch or a foot or whatever, and it's just over and over, and you're just on the field forever? Definitely. I mean, those. I mean, it's it's a game of inches, right? Football is so. You get them in those third downs, and you want to hold them in fourth down. And you know, we were able to get a fourth down stop here, and, and I'm proud of us for doing. It. You just keep playing, right? And we got a lot of guys. We're rotating. They're they're a high tempo team, so for us to and have a lot of guys rotate. and hold them to what we did. I'm really proud of how everybody played. I want to ask, personally, you had three TSLs tonight. You feel like you bounced back a little bit from last week and kind of got your feet under you and got going? Definitely. I mean, there's always things you can do every week to elevate your game. And so that was something after last week. I mean, you know, I had eight tackles last week. I felt good, but, I mean, there's always things, right? I wanted to be a little bit more aggressive. So, obviously, I talked with the team. You know, I talked with the team therapist about it, some things that could help me personally. But, and we got a great scout team, great coaches. I mean, and for me to be up in that flex position and then be able to fall out on run, I mean, those those opportunities that are created come from scheme. So great D line, they did great chewing up the blocks, and then you know it frees me up to go to go get those TFLs. So anything else for Ben? What do you think of Ty's performance tonight? I mean, you had a pretty good view from the sideline, but did you yeah. ever go like, "Hey, quit scoring so quickly?" <laughs> no, Tyler Algier is a stud. I mean, he's a freak athlete. I, I love being his teammate. I mean, he's full effort. So. Tyler Algier is, uh, you know, I, I hope he goes high in the draft. And so I really I really like the way he plays. He's tough. He's physical. He's strong. And he works hard. So, I mean, you can look up to that. Yeah. Thanks, Ben. All right, that's Ben Bywater. We'll take a break as the Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room Show continues in Logan on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Jacob Conover, QB3, became QB1 tonight. He's talking to the media right now here in Logan. You know, I was very positive. He, you know, explained to me what we were going to do and just how we were going to rock and roll and manage the game. What does it do for you when you got a guy like Tyler Algier to hand the ball off to? You know, it's it's awesome. You know, it's it's so demoralizing for defense to know someone can just run it right down your throat. I don't know what. But does anything change for you going into this next week as you guys prepare for, for Boise State? You know, preparation stays the same. You know, every guy who's not the starter has to prepare like he's going to. And so this week, you know, it's going to be nice to watch General Conference tomorrow on Sunday and just get ready to get after Boise State next week. Coming. When was the last time you played? You know, it's it's been it's been a while, maybe three and a half years. Do you feel like if you were called upon next week to be the number one guy, do you feel like this experience now gives you that confidence to be ready to be that starter? You know, I'll never forget this experience. It was awesome, but you know, we got to keep moving on next week. And if my number's called, I'll be ready. You were a guy that's always dreamed of playing at BYU. Just what did it mean to, to go in in a rivalry game, a trophy game, and what did that mean for you? Um, it was awesome. You know, it was a moment I prepared for. You know, when it came, you know, I had a little bit of butterflies. You know, it was my aim, but it, it had been a moment I've been preparing for for a long time. Any other questions? All right, thank you. Thanks, Jacob. Thanks, guys. All right, uh, Jacob Conover, 
And uh, I think that might be the conclusion of player comments down at the locker room area. We'll see if that's indeed the case. We'll do a little housekeeping and see if we have anyone else for you. We'll certainly be joined by Kalani Sitake one-on-one on the headset soon enough. We'll also hear from Blake Anderson, head coach of Utah State. BYU 34, Utah State 20 is our final score. This is the Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. For a second consecutive season, BYU goes to 5-0. and And they have won a seventh straight game dating back to last season. Tenth longest win streak in BYU football history. 34-20, BYU over USU tonight here in Logan. BYU defensive lineman Tyler Batty now joining us on the Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room Show. Tyler, congratulations to you and the boys. Hey, thank you, Greg. So, did you get your hands on the wheel tonight? Yes, yes, indeed, I did. <laughs> That's it's a it's a fun tradition. How much of it did you get to heft? And is it as hefty as they say it is? Uh, it it is it is hefty indeed, and I didn't have to heft too much. Tyler, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, great job tonight. And Bonner was uh, crafty out there, kind of moving around, uh, but you guys kept him contained. But uh, more importantly than the than the passing attack, which I think drew a lot of attention, 22 yards rushing. Can you think of the last time you played in a game when you he- held your opponent to 22 yards? Um, it has been a minute. Yeah, it's <laughs> definitely been a minute. How did you guys? How did you guys do that? Was that the plan coming in? Limit the run and, and force them to pass, or was was the defensive front just you know on point tonight? Um, you know, that's always the plan. you got to stop the run. Uh, and so I, I really think we did a good job of that tonight. And, yeah, the front, I mean, what we were running tonight, of course, was, was game planned for this, and, uh, and it worked. So so Utah State comes in 3-1. Uh, and one. They opened up 3-0, and oh, had the Boise loss last week that uh, probably could have gone differently for them with a few finishes on drives that didn't go their way. What kind of game do you think they, they gave you tonight now that you played 60 against them? Um. They played a great game. Uh, they played hard. They had guys out there that <clears throat> that really got after it, um, and and so props to them. Uh, but <clears throat> yeah, we we came away with the win. We did what we needed to. We uh, we stopped the run. We were able to get in the end zone a few times on offense, and yeah, got it done. And do what you need to do is kind of the theme of this team. Whether it's a fourth down stop you get at an important time, or Tyler Algier kind of carrying the team for a stretch. It seems like you'll take a lead, you'll get off strong, the team will answer, it'll get to one score, and then a switch flips again, and you guys do what you need to do to get the points needed to win this thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is definitely something that we need to clean up for sure. Um, it needs to be, you know, just consistency for 60 minutes. And, uh, and looking forward, that's definitely something that, that we're going to improve on. Now, that said, you know, you're down to QB3 tonight. And Jacob came in and found well. I think he found his groove. But, man, this has been a season with uh, a great deal of adversity. You had to miss a game. Quarterback's been a shuffle. It's a grind. It is. Uh, and, 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 I mean, that's football, right? You're, you're, you're running full speed at a bunch of dudes and hitting each other. And, I mean, what, what can you expect? Uh, but I think the team has done really well. Guys have stepped up and stepped into roles, and we just, you know, we trust in them, and, and, and they get it done for us. Can you say a little bit about what you saw Jacob Conover do and pressed into action from your vantage point tonight? Yeah, absolutely. It took him, it took him a second to settle in, but uh, at the end of the day, um, we have full confidence in, in, any, in, in anybody that's on the field. It really is a, uh, uh, really a next-man-up mentality. 
So as soon as Jacob stepped on the field, everybody was on board with him and, and ready to go. Just took him a second to settle in, and, and they got the ball moving. Tyler, you might not be able to answer this until after you get done watching the film, but what uh, did you learn out there tonight, either about yourself individually or about the defensive unit collectively, that you're going to be able to use to get better uh, in the remaining seven games of the regular season? Um, th- yeah, that is a hard question until we until we are able to to look at the film. Um, what but, unique challenge did the t- did the tempo that they ran? Which, by the way, they didn't go full breakneck pace the whole time. But uh, you guys hadn't faced that yet this year, and and you managed it pretty well. Got to imagine that gives you confidence in case someone else in the schedule comes out with that attack. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it was tiring. I think there was there was a drive where you know some guys were on for you know eight, nine, ten, eleven plays. Uh, that's that's a lot of snaps to take consecutively. I think we handled it well. Um, so. Not much more to say there. So this was, I think, quite literally, Tyler, correct me if I'm wrong, your first true hostile environment game since you played football in high school. Yeah, it, it really it really has been. Um, last year, not too many fans. Uh, Houston was, uh, was an away game, but there weren't too many fans there either. And so this, this really was, you know, the first, my first time uh, coming into, into a packed stadium at, at an away game. So what's your review now that you've played a game at Maverick Stadium with a sold-out blackout tonight? It was it was awesome. It was a great time. What was it like to be operating in front of the student section tonight? <laughs> hey, that that was a that was a lot of fun. I mean, <laughs> we heard a lot of stuff, blocked out the majority of it, and and just again focused on the game, focused on the work. You can, I think, I think most athletes can block out the noise when they when they want to. So, anything you can repeat. You chuckled when Greg asked that, which makes me, you know, I remember being down there and and uh, the stuff that you get, and it can't help to make you smile. Anything you can repeat on air or best uh, set off. <laughs> um, they, they had some clever signs. Uh, they had some clever signs that uh, definitely caught my attention during warm up. Um, and uh, yeah, I think the, I think the rest of the stuff is is best uh, left unsaid. Hey, we missed you the uh, last couple of weeks. How's the body feeling? You're are you injury back 100 percent or no? Uh, yeah, feeling good. great, feeling fantastic. Tremendous. Well, good. It showed tonight. Okay, I thought about heading back home to take on Boise State in a week and a day, Tyler. Excited. Uh, this game's over, so we'll. We'll wrap it up again, learn what we can learn from this game, and it's it's time to move on and get ready for Boise State. Well, 5-0 certainly feels good, doesn't it? It feels amazing. Well, good to, good for you and the boys. Well earned. And enjoy the, the ride back with the wheel in tow. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Greg. Have All a right. good one. That is Tyler Batty with us on the Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room Show. Live from Logan, Maverick Stadium, on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. Brought to you by Larry H. Miller Auto, conveniently located in Provo, Linden, and Orem. Larry H. Miller Auto, driven by you. Also by Economics Partners, a premier national business valuation firm. Learn more at econpartners.com. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome to the Larry H. Miller Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. BYU head coach Kalani Sitake soon to join us. Until that time, let's hear from the other locker room. USU head coach Blake Anderson spoke with the media a short time ago. His team follows to BYU. Final score tonight, 34-20. to uh, What a game, honestly. What a game. What an atmosphere. That's, uh, that's an unbelievable crowd, electric environment, everything you want Friday night football to be. Um, Extremely proud of how our guys battled. We played a lot better than we did a week ago. We got better this week. We 
frustrated with how we finished a week ago with a lot of uh, a lot of mistakes. We played a lot cleaner football. We played physical football. And we battled our tails off. And to be honest with you, uh, the game went exactly the way I thought it would go to till we got to a seven point game in the fourth quarter. And unfortunately, we made a couple mistakes that cost us big. We uh, we we felt like this was going to take sixty minutes. We we're going to we're going to kind of hold out early. They were bigger than us, more physical than us, and we knew it was going to be tough to move the ball and tough to stop. But as the game went on, we felt like our conditioning and our speed and quickness would pay off, and it did. And we battled back to a seven-point game, and we made a crucial mistake at a crucial time, and it cost us uh, cost us the opportunity to go, you know, really close it and, and maybe tie it up and, and make this thing fun. So. Um, could not be more grateful for the crowd and our, our fan base to, to sell it out and pack it out and be loud and create a great environment. And uh, couldn't be more proud of the guys to battle. We just got to play better. And uh, I know this, our, our fans can know this. Uh, they're a little bit bigger and stronger than us today, but that will not last. We will recruit our tail off. We will develop our tail off, and we will make this a battle every stinking year. And uh, this is one we won't forget. It's a great start to it, but I promise you we will we will battle. So, what questions do you have? Coach, it felt like Gooey's offensive line you know, had a lot of success against your defensive line. How do you feel like that matchup impacted the game? Oh, they, they won the game for them. They controlled the line of scrimmage for the most part. And we got to the quarterback a lot. We didn't sack him, but we, we hit him and obviously made it hard for him to continue to play. And they had to bring in another guy. Uh, at times, we got we used our quickness and speed to create some lost yards plays, but ultimately, their ability to run the ball downhill and create the big plays that they did won the game uh, for them. And we, we knew that was a huge challenge. We felt like that was the strongest part of the team, and it showed. And that's the point. we got to recruit and develop because we got to be able to hold up to that every year. And we got to make sure that uh, we eliminate that mismatch that they have right now. And I know that's asking a lot. You know, obviously you put together some really, really long drives and I converted a lot of third downs. But ultimately, how, how difficult was it to – Kind of match what they were doing when when you, you weren't able to, to have consistent success running the football. Um, that's tough. It puts a lot of pressure on the throw game. Protectionally, we we broke down at times. Uh, several times that we ended up having to punt on series. Uh, we got some positive plays, but uh, again, some self-inflicted wounds. A ball on the ground, a busted protection, lost yards play. You know, you can't do that against a good football team. They're built really well. It's the best team we have played so far this year, and. To be in that position where we can close it to a 7-7 game, that says a lot about this group of guys, but too many mistakes to beat a team like that. Coach, what can you say? Do you know anything about Logan Lawler's status? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't know a lot. I just what the trainers told me. It felt like that structurally, it felt okay. It was a hyperextension. It was kind of nasty. I mean, he, he's just going to tell. You, I'm, I'm, we're fortunate we have an open week. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll get it looked at, MRI, we'll know more in a few days. But he did walk off the field on his own. He's pretty sore, but he's also pretty tough. I'd like to think that it's something that we can, we can get him past and get him back for the rest of the stretch. Like, what was your biggest takeaway from this game overall? You know, I, I think for me, just our, our team's willingness to, to battle and, and to fight, and even in some situations where we're physically right now a little bit outmatched in some areas, uh, the only thing we had was quickness and speed. That's it. Anything else right now is in their favor. 
and we have a lot of work to do in the areas of recruiting and development to try to try to close that gap. But our guys were not intimidated. They've battled their tail off. Again, they scrapped and clawed to make it a seven-point game. I just wish we could have finished. Uh, so I'm, I'm encouraged, disappointed, but encouraged too. And, and hopefully our fan base sees this is just the beginning. Uh, we have a lot of improvement, but, man, our guys are willing to do it, and our staff is too. So um, it's kind of bittersweet in the fact that um, you know two really good teams two weeks in a row that have – have had a ton of success, and considering where we came from and where we're at in year one of this thing, uh, I'm excited about just going to work and getting better. And, uh... All right, that is uh, Blake Anderson, the head coach of Utah State. Let's stay right here in Logan, head down to the field, and bring in the head coach of the BYU Cougars, the 5-0 and BYU Cougars for a second straight season. He is, of course, Kalani Sitake. Coach, congratulations. What's going on, guys? Great to have you with us. And, and what a night tonight. What an environment, sold-out building, trophy on the line, more adversity to kind of battle through and grind through, and you find a way to do it again. has to be a really gratifying win for you tonight. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I just uh, wish we could have a, a full uh, squad, but I was proud of the guys that, that stepped up and made plays. And, um, you know, even if Jacob Conover in the second half, uh, I thought uh, great excellent game plan from our coaches and um in all three phases and uh just really really excited we got this win and happy happy that our players um you know just believe in each other and keep working on it and so we're five and oh right now we're feeling good we just got to keep rolling and got to keep uh improving getting better for next week coach uh caleb hayes to me defensively that's a that's a name that we called a lot tonight that byu fans might not be as familiar with but uh had the stat line credit him with three pass breakups i think he had maybe even a couple more than that but he spent most of his night on an island and uh had it locked down tell us a little bit about that kid yeah transfer from morgan state uh we we recruited him before and thought we had him the first time and um you know, we're, we're really fortunate that uh, he, we kept a good relationship with him and Coach Guilford did, and and uh, he, he said he, this is where he wanted to be from the very beginning. So glad that he got the start and made some plays tonight, and we had to use a bunch of corners, but really, really happy that he was one of the guys that stepped up. And it wasn't perfect. I mean, it's hard when you're playing man coverage, you know, and, and you you got to – you're all by yourself. Um, and that, that – it's not like we didn't give it away either. We They knew we were in man, and it was just a challenge. We were saying, okay, here we are. Uh, you have to beat us one-on-one, and, and uh, I thought we got the, the better end of the deal. I don't have the solid numbers on this, but anecdotally I feel like I'm seeing a higher percentage of man sna- sta- snaps from this defensive backfield. Talk about what that allows you to do within your defense and how it's added to your overall ability to stop teams. Well, we we, we felt like that's what we wanted to do when we first got here, and it, it's a process. It takes time to develop that skill, and <clears throat> and it takes time to get the depth there. And so, uh, we we felt really good. I felt good about Ed Lamb and and, and Guilford and getting the, getting that off. The, I mean, getting the defense set for all these type of offenses, spread offenses that we're seeing. And you're going to need more than just the four corners. We 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 had to use five or six guys uh, tonight. You know, so. Uh, especially when teams are going this fast pace and trying to wear you out. And, and they test your depth. And I, I thought our depth really stepped up and made some plays tonight. We're speaking with BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. Let's get to our economics partner's valuable stat of the game. Whether for tax, financial reporting, or strategic purposes, when your business needs evaluation, the right partner is economics partners. Learn more at econpartners.com. So our valuable stat of the game is is 9.9 yards per carry 
by Tyler Algier. Kalani officially, he goes 22 for 218. couple of big breakers, three touchdowns. He was in beast mode tonight. He was. Uh, just That's... You know, we we thought we just put it on him to to help us win the game and and uh, and that old line that we have and and uh, you know just really happy. I saw some great blocking from from tight ends, uh, the receivers. I mean, Puka on one play uh, took care of a couple guys. You know, and down so, the left side. Yeah, and yeah. so just just having these big guys uh, block downfield. That, that that I think a lot of times people forget about that and and just thankful that our coaches demand it from our players and our players have that. Uh, mindset to help out and do their 111th and that that was the goal at halftime is everybody just focus on doing your job and um and then get this win you know and that and i felt really really happy with with the way our players uh took the field and finished the game finished the last 30 30 minutes another wire to wire to win coach you guys take a lead and never give it up things might get tight things might get dicey might lose a quarterback in the process but you guys find a way to keep teams at bay and and get the result you want it's been impressive yeah, just ha- happy the guys to keep believing in each other, you know, and we knew that it would be a grind. And, and uh, obviously, uh, you know, when people go down, our, it seems like our players really step up to, to, to the challenge. And I'm glad Jacob was able to step up and, and manage the offense really well. He made some checks, did some really good things at the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, and, and, and there's guys like Campbell Barrington that, that stepped up and, and filled in for Harris LaChance. And, 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 you know, Connor Pace stepped up and filled in at, 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 at center. So a lot of those guys made some big-time plays and, um, just really thankful that, that we have that depth and that we have uh, players that, that are always on top of it and meet, meeting the challenge when it comes their way. So what do you think about your QB situation uh, for Boise State right now? I don't know. We'll have to keep evaluating Baylor. Uh, he's not out for sure next week, and, and, um, and uh, we're, so we'll have to wait on him and, and Jaron. We'll, we'll see what happens in the next 48 hours. Um, and if we need to, then we'll go with, we'll go with Jacob. So that's... That's just how it is. We feel good about our depth there, and we'll have to be ready to roll. Have they, so have they given you any indications as to the severity of the injury Baylor suffered tonight? Uh, yeah, not, they, they, they told me enough that, that, that it's not a, uh, for sure that he's out next week, so okay. that's a good sign. And, but, you know, a lot of that has to do with tomorrow, so we'll see how it looks tomorrow. And I mean, that, that was a, his head hit the ground really hard, you know, and so um, the tough kid, but, but we also need to do what's right for him and, and be smart for him and his future and his, his livelihood. All right, we'll take a break. We're speaking with Kalani Sitake. This is the Larry H. Miller Cougar Postgame Coaches Show, brought to you by Larry H. Miller Auto, conveniently located in Provo, Linden, and Orem. Larry H. Miller Auto, driven by you. More with the coach next. BYU 34, Utah State 20, our final score on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, uh, the buses are ready to take Kalani and the Cougs back to Provo with the wagon wheel in tow. BYU 34, Utah State 20 is our final score. Last couple of moments with Kalani with us on the headset. Uh, it was a problem early in the game, not so much later, Kalani. Tell us about the conversations you had with the officials about how you were being sub- uh, how you were being allowed to substitute defensively and how it caught BYU up and how you were maybe a little concerned about how the process was taking place tonight. 
We we've been uh, we've been used to this for a long time now. In, in my career, in Ed Lamb's career, in Tuiaki's career, we've we've and Clune, we've seen this many times, and we just wanted to make sure that there was there was uh, no miscommunication in the way that we, how much time we're allowed to 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 rotate. And I felt like they weren't holding the, holding the sub uh, the sub call long enough for us to even adjust. And we just had a little bit of a disagreement. It's okay, but uh, you know I think. Uh, we got used to it and, and and did pretty good. I got I think we got caught once with with a substitution issue, but for the most part, I thought our guys were hustling and getting ready and getting lined up and didn't have a lot of broken broken plays because we weren't we weren't ready. Coach, you got another short week in that the kick uh, is announced next Saturday at one thirty p.m. as opposed to the you know, customary eight fifteen. You got Boise coming into town, so a, a, another regional rival. Um, and it's the national broadcast. It's the ABC broadcast. Talk about that opportunity for the exposure for both the program at large, but also the boys out there on the field. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I love showing off our fans. I think we we have the best fan base in the world, and, and love showing them off and and uh, give them as much attention as possible. Looking forward to them making a lot of noise, giving us that advantage that they they do every time we're at home and. Um, it's just I'm just looking forward to that game. I, I we love our matchup with Boise and and uh, really respect their team and and their fans and, and looking forward to that matchup next week. Kalani, among the things you're really happy with, I'm sure this was the seventh time in your last ten games and the fourth time this year in five games that you've been giveaway free. No uh, takeaways by the opponent. No giveaways by your team. You're playing turnover free. And, and we've already talked with the numbers. When you just don't give the ball away, you're probably going to win that game, and, and you've been really clean that way this year. I know it has to make you happy. Yeah, and I thought we were still aggressive. We played really well. It, took it know, away twice? Took yeah. it away twice? And, and we had more opportunities. The ball was on the ground a bunch. Yeah. And as long as we just keep working towards that, I think we'll get the ball bounce our way a couple times, you know, and, and as long as we are able to just possess the ball, take care of it, make good decisions with as a, with our quarterbacks in the game, and then just really focus on ball security. The, the game is, is tough and physical enough, but I, I really appreciate our players taking ownership and, and holding the ball in and keeping it protected. And, and that's something that we can never have too much of. So I, I've asked, I've challenged the players to, to make me say one day that our ball security is good enough. And you'll probably never ever hear me say that. I'll take it to my grave that, I, that it can always improve. Well, another uh, great improvement to the record tonight from 4-0 and to 5-0 and for a second straight season. Wasn't a lot of room for Cougar Nation to squeeze in here tonight here at Maverick Stadium, but I know you're grateful for the BYU fans who did travel to Logan for this one. They made the noise they could and were part of a great atmosphere tonight. Yeah, so much fun. It was great to see the Royal Blue out there. And, uh, you know, I give a lot of credit to Utah State. Their fans were great and, and made a lot of noise for their team. And so I'm just really thankful that our our, our our fans are here, and I um, hope they're driving home safely, and I know they're driving home happy that we got this win, and uh, just really thankful for all of them. Thank you so much, Cougar Nation. Appreciate you guys. All right, that is the final word from the coach for Cougar Nation. Kalani, thank you again. Congrats. Safe travels. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Go Cougs. All right, that is Kalani Sitake. BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation Now is coming up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to the BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions to at Greg Rubel using hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the Built Bar broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens, and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
All right, we can give you Greg and Riley. We can't give you Mitch yet because Mitchell Juergens is on his way up from field level. You see, Mitchell Juergens isn't just the voice on the sidelines and the, and the former great BYU wide receiver that he is. He's also the conduit to all of our communication at field level and every interview you hear with coaches and players and postgame, it's all through Mitch and the wonders of his equipment that he and uh, Michael Wimmer, our engineer, uh, deal with on a week-to-week basis. And some weeks it's a grind. Some weeks like tonight, they stick Mitch out uh, where it's not so easy to get the signal to our antennas that we have here. And then uh, Michael and Mitch have to struggle to make it uh, sound the right way. And, and sometimes you get a little crack, a little static, and a little dead air. And we do the best we can. So hopefully our listening audience understands that we're dealing with uh, shifting conditions week to week. And Mitch is a big part of it. And Michael is a big part of it in trying to bring it all to you in a coherent fashion. And, uh, you know, some nights are more challenging than others. But uh, Mitch sees his way through it and is now on his way up to the broadcast booth after wrapping things up with the technical stuff and the technological stuff down at field level. So Mitch will be up here soon enough. But uh, kudos to Mitch and Michael uh, for making it work in postgame. Again, it was a challenge tonight just by virtue of location and how we can reach signals to uh, the booth via antennas, etc. Just so you know, a little uh, behind-the-scenes stuff about what we're dealing with here. Uh, Trevor Rich as well. Thanks to intern Trevor for his postgame uh, work getting the Blake Anderson uh, audio back up to us in the booth as well. All right, hey, back to BYU football. It is 34-20, a final score. So for the first time this season... BYU's point total doesn't go up in a successive week. They've been increasing their total every week. They got to 35 last week and dropped a point off of that uh, tonight. There was a missed field goal tonight. They could have been. Could have been higher than 35. Missed a field goal. Yeah, you know, I was a little bit – I'm worried more about the margin of victory, which had a nice trend, right? It went yeah, yeah 7, 8, 9, then back to 8, and now 14. So I even or though – was it 8, 9, 10, 11? I forget. Oh, what it you're was. right. No, yeah. it was eight. It was eight, nine, ten, and then nine, back to eight. Yeah, or whatever it was, yeah, it was. What last, was last week. week? Yeah. Thirty-five, twenty-seven. So anyway, yeah. it went down, but that then that's back up. So hey, uh, largest margin of victory this season. So there you go. So if that trend keeps in, in, increasing, that's the one. Uh, you know, whether it's the numerator increasing or the denominator shrinking, I'm happy either way. Yeah, you know, this was an interesting game in that uh, the twenty-four to thirteen lead felt tenuous in the third quarter. When Jacob Conover was still struggling, struggling to kind of settle into the game, and and BYU wasn't moving the ball, Rico was punting more, and and yet the BYU defense kind of said, "We got your back on this one." BYU defense kind of stepped and said, "Now this will be a quarter that we're gonna we're gonna settle BYU in and keep BYU where it needs to be," and that's kind of exactly what happened. So uh, that that third quarter I thought was pivotal when things weren't quite happening for BYU with Jacob yet. Uh, defense stood tall. Punt, punt, punt was from BYU, but on the other side of the ball, punt, fourth de- stopped him on fourth and one, forced another punt. So, yeah, the BYU defense um, answered the scratch at every turn in this game. And then yet Utah State does score, put together a nice drive. Tompkins touchdown, 27-20. Yet again, it's going to take a drive. It's going to take one more drive to get the deal done. Last week, as a, as a follower reminded me, BYU didn't even need to score on the last time they had the ball. They simply had to grind the clock out to win the game, and that they did. But that, that was, again, when USF made it a one-score game. You can get it to a one-score game on BYU. Every team's done it. Yet BYU's won every game by, again, that one drive, whether it's game-ending or kind of deal-sealing, that drive that kind of just, just you know stamps it, and they, they, they've always responded. 
is it bad to say, Greg, that I kind of enjoy that more I did, more than I do a runaway victory? Because to me, it tests the mettle of the team, and it's the true spirit of competition. It, you be what, you, you, last year was fun, but it, you, kind of having a foregone conclusion going into the game and knowing that, that a team that your team's going to boat race the other um, just doesn't hold the same attention that that these do. Now, it would be one thing if I felt like BYU was were squandering away leads or if they were giving it away, but I, I let's give credit to each of BYU's opponents, uh, each of their five opponents in this year. They have done certain things in the second half to test or stress BYU, and in kind, BYU, when stressed, has responded um, affirmatively and successfully. Email coming in from Bryant Walker. And, yes, you can reach us on the email. If you want to have something longer than a tweet, you can email it to us, Cougar Nation Now, one long word, Cougar Nation Now, two N's at the back of that word, Cougar Nation Now at BYU.edu. Bryant says, Tyler Algier continues to impress me from game to game. I feel like BYU has a very solid running back that they can depend on each game. He makes something out of nothing, and your radio calls do him justice. I hope that means do him justice and that we don't do him justice. That would be bad. But, yeah, I hope they do as well. Uh, he says, what do you think is the biggest factor to his success? And as that question is asked, I will dovetail it by throwing this to you, Riley. As Brian asks what the biggest factor to Tyler's success is, and, yes, we know he's big, and, yes, we know he's bruising, but I think you want to talk about how just fast he is because it may get overlooked for how punishing a runner he is, but I know – that you think Tyler is a fast dude. So uh, from a guy who was more quick than fast, right, which was me, I, I was really good at picking up first downs, but I wasn't like Taysom, I, I wasn't taking it 60 like Taysom. So the difference is top end speed. I would accelerate really quick, but my top end speed wasn't wasn't very high. And how you can tell that is how how often and then how quickly does a guy get caught. Like me, my long run, I think, uh, in college was somewhere around 40 yards. And because uh, that was about you give a player, uh, you know, that much space to get an angle on me and uh, and I'm going to get caught. Tyler Algier tonight had runs of 59 and 67 and uh, it didn't get caught. I mean, he barely got caught on the 67 one. But think about that. That's 70 yards, 70 percent of the football field. It was it was a cornerback from the backside that as soon as he broke free took an angle and Tyler still and still couldn't catch him yet but you know inside the one so I uh, I've actually asked coach off air I was like hey I, I thought he was like a four six guy which for a 220 pounder is super impressive what would you say he is and coach says I think he's sub four five which is incredible and uh so it, it, he but he's he's so unassuming and he didn't come into BYU as this hyped-up running back and people touting him as an athletic freak, but he, by every measure, most definitely is. And that's not just uh, you know in the weight room or out I, I, it, during conditioning sessions. He's proving that out during game time. Before we bring in Mitchell Jurgens, as Mitch has now joined us here in the booth, I hope it's okay to say that in addition to the credit we gave the BYU defense in the third quarter, as Jacob Connor was trying to find his groove, Tom Homo uh, aptly reminds me uh, to note that Ryan Rico was a big part of that third quarter and keeping BYU in the game and, and in, a, in a position of control for the punts that helped flip field position. And in that, in that third quarter, Ryan did have a 37-yarder, but it was sandwiched by a 57 and a 54-yard punt. And, and that's what Ryan can do for you when things aren't necessarily going the way you want them to on offense. The 54-yarder put Utah State 
at the 11, and the 57-yarder uh, put Utah State at the 20. And and Ryan is just that kind of guy. Tom says uh, he, he doesn't know if there's a better punter in the country. Now, Ryan came into tonight averaging – his average was third nationally in the FBS. We know what kind of a cannon he's got. He's also got touch. His BYU had a punt and pin, I think, at the two-yard line off a of yep. Rico knuckler that he took off. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we think – we believe he's the best. And, and, and I've been doing this – this is my 30th year on the radio crew for BYU football, nine years of sidelines and 21 play-by-play. In my 30 seasons, BYU's never had a punter drafted. We talked about if that's going to change, this would be the guy that, that ultimately does get picked. Now, that, not, you know, not everyone sees punters as worthy of draft picks, but he seems to be the kind of guy. And he's not done yet. We've got time. But the kind of guy that could be that NFL punter. He seems to have next-level leg and others and other uh, qualities. And so, Tom, thank you for uh, making a great point about that third quarter when, yeah, offensively we took a step back. Maybe BYU took a step back a little bit to figure some things out. But defense and field position were important factors as uh, Ryan got involved. So great point by Tom. Yeah, my thought to that is, uh, of course, uh, anytime anybody even – it appears that they might be injured. You're, you know, you're feeling for your teammate out there. But um, Ryan was probably like, oh, you know, when you trot out a guy that's never played before and he's the third string quarterback and Ryan's like, I might actually get to see the field. You know, he's 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 probably the Ray Guy punter, but just like what happened last year, Ray Guy punter of the year, but like what happened last year, he didn't even get enough punts to qualify, which he was in danger of. He didn't punt. The, we didn't see him the first half. Who knows? Baylor stays healthy. Maybe we don't see him uh, at all in, in the game, but uh, when called upon, he came out and delivered, as he has for the past season plus. This is BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation Now. Hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. You can either tweet at me just directly to Greg Rubel or use the hashtag BYUCNN. And uh, before we get to a question for Riley from Tanner on Twitter, let's say good evening once again to Mitchell Jurgens back up from field level. Wow, what a night. A lot, lot packed into tonight uh, between a sold-out crowd and QB3 seeing the field and another grinder where you got to make plays just to keep the opponent at bay. BYU found a way again to go 5-0, and Mitch. Yeah, you know, we've talked about um, just the the impact that, you know, the first three weeks, right, the defense carried the offense. In week four, it was the offense carrying the defense um, to, to get a victory. And, and today we saw a mixture of both, right? The offense um, really carried the defense in the first half. And then the second half, the, the, the roles reversed. And so this is just a team that gets it done. Um, you know, 5-0 and is just uh, – I mean, it's incredible. If you had told me at the beginning of the year, uh, you know, before the first game that BYU would be 5-0, and I mean, it's this is this is the start you dream of. And in this atmosphere, I mean, it was a great atmosphere. I, I will say I want to shout out The Rock. Um, you know, the herd, they were loud. They, they, they did their best, but it, it doesn't compare to the noise at, at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Um, but uh, no, I thought I, I thought um, the the players responded really well, um, all phases of the game. I mean, you saw um, so many players step up um, and uh, w- when they needed to. Uh, we talked about Ryan Rico, and one thing I actually wanted to point out was um, how impactful it was for this game specifically for a team that doesn't. I mean, they weren't scoring fast, right? Um, and so if you can flip field position like that, which what Ryan Rico was doing, um, you're extending these drives, and they weren't moving very fast, and so they were eating a lot of clock. Um, and, uh, I mean, and, and so, yeah, you look at offense, special teams, defense, and, and they all 
came up when they needed to and led BYU to its fifth victory. Tanner Squires on Twitter, a question for Riley. He writes, how much of a difference does it make coming in as a backup if you aren't able to take first string reps during practice that week like Conover this week? Yeah, I was going to mention it on air, but I didn't get the opportunity when they got into the red zone. You typically don't get key downs, which is red zone and third down period. Most of the time as a backup, you get uh, you get open downs, and you normally get, at least when I was there, we would run in any given practice. This is versus scout. This isn't 1v1s. Well, you would... So in a normal practice, you get the only time you ever go against your own defense is probably in Skelly and, and one-on-ones, but and you only get one series of what is normally five or six series. So you're getting about you know 20%. That's the highest share. In a normal team versus scout, um, you're probably running anywhere from 45 to 60 plays, depending on uh, how new the game plan is, and uh, and the backup quarterback's probably getting four or five on one drive and three and four on the other, and none of those are key down. So, you know, it's getting inside the red zone. I would think knowing A-Rod a bit, though, Riley, not to cut you off, I would no, think okay. J- Jacob's getting red zone work. i got to think he's getting red zone work Yeah, probably as, as the true number two this week. Well, the other the, the other dynamic at play is how, well, how comfortable is Baylor because Baylor was only getting, you know, 10% of those when Jaron was the guy. Yeah. So do they feel like they have to make up for lost time with Baylor? Um, but uh, we talked about it, too, putting him under center you worry about. Obviously, we saw the false starts due to the snap count and unfamiliarity there. But to avoid catastrophe as he did and to execute how he did, uh, he was most definitely well prepared. Okay, Darren Payne on Twitter. For Greg Riley and Mitch, he says, Kooks didn't seem phased at all by the noise and hostility in Logan. Seems like they were prepared well and embraced it. Kudos to Conover for stepping in and not being rattled. Great coaching, great maturity, great discipline. Uh, what did Jacob say? First game in three and a half years? Yeah. And it comes in a sold-out in-state environment like this when you're the number three becoming number two, becoming number one just that quickly. So, yeah, I, you know, we echo Darren's comments all around. Um, yeah, it took a lot from a lot of different guys to, to get this win, and Jacob was certainly a key player. And, uh, you know, first Division One action came in a pretty wild place to, to see it, didn't it, Riley? Did it ever, and he responded in kind. Um, Coach mentioned it in his post-game press conference, but uh, I I think they sent a message to both uh, Jacob and the team by having his first play be a pass, even though it was incomplete. And uh, it took him a while to to get rolling, but then they found him some easy completions, and he was able to get the ball. Look, I'll I'll just say this, and I know he's not listening to our post game, but if I could talk to Jacob, I'd be like, "Hey, man, if you're called on, right? If you if you get the call against Boise next week, you have absolute ballers. Not just the dude behind you, but also the guys on the outside. So just breathe and just try and get the ball in their hands. If you can do that quickly and efficiently and decisively, good things are going to happen." Jacob's. I mean, if you want to, you know, pigeonhole Jake's strength, it's as a thrower, right? I mean, he's got he's got major. Uh, to use the cliche, and it's kind of come into vogue recent years. Arm talent, right? But that's what he's got, right? That that that's what attracts you to him is how that ball comes out of his hand. We, oh, go ahead, Mitch. We didn't even see him um, really unleash his arm today, and most of his throws. I mean, I think the first, I think the first throw he took might have been even the the furthest throw that he he had all night. And so, yeah, I mean, we didn't even see any of that. We didn't see the deep routes. We didn't see, you know, go routes from the receivers where he could just toss it up. And um, so, I mean, I'm sure if he is the guy come next week, um, I don't think they'll be afraid to let it fly and, and get him comfortable early, kind of like they did with Baylor. Well, the head, or sorry, the arm talent comes after the head talent because as we're seeing with Zach Wilson, who nobody made more jaw-dropping throws than him last year when he felt comfortable in the system and and. It, it, 
he he looks pedestrian, obviously, in the NFL. It's all still there. He can still make all those crazy throws that we saw in the combine, this and that. The problem is just the processing, and, and the only way that you get through that is through reps, both in practice and in the game. So Jacob Conover will, will be fine, but as his brain catches up to his arm is when we'll start to see uh, all that talent we've heard so much about. Email coming in from Mark. Cougar Nation now at byu.edu. says, I was able to listen to your broadcast on the way back from the Olympus versus Weber game. Thank you for the incredible call. Well, thank you for tuning in, and, and they gave us good, good plays to call for sure. Uh, he says, my question is, uh, what do you think was the biggest improvement from last week's game to this week's game? And, uh, gosh, where do you want to go with this one? I'll have you two guys take a swing at it first. Improvement, biggest improvement from last week's game against USF to USU. What do you think? You got one, that's, Mitch. That's that's a good question. Um, one thing that I noticed, and being on the field, we, uh, the first couple drives, I saw a lot of this, um, and and we've seen them play physical, but from the start, um, they played. The offense came out and played very, very physical. Um, which I mean, that wasn't a weakness of of prior weeks, but where I really saw some tremendous improvement was almost so the receivers um there were a couple blocks puka i mean kalani made mention of a puka block um i saw neil pau come up with a huge block i don't know if you guys saw that on the tyler algier screen on a third down um neil came in huge and yeah, so on the, pick, on the pick play right yeah exactly um there were some big blocks by receivers who who um aren't typically your guys that you're going to lean on for um, you know, the big blocks every single play. But I, I thought that improvement, which doesn't go um, observed or said much, um, was a tremendous, um, I think, um, improvement from these prior weeks, which also you've got to have downfield blocking. If Tyler Algier is going to rip two 50-plus yard runs, it's not just the guys up front getting it done. It's the guys on the outside that are holding blocks down the field, um, giving Tyler those lanes to then break the second level and have those big gains that he had. So uh, from a receiver standpoint, um, we didn't see receivers rack up the yards tonight, but they were very involved in the run game um, and, and doing their part to help uh, you know break open some lanes for Tyler. Anything coming to you, Riley? Yeah, just quickly, we're gonna. I'm gonna scratch the Arizona game because they didn't try and run it that much, but they still had 81 yards. Utah had 193, Arizona State 161, South Florida 174 tonight. 22 yards against a uh, against a Utah State team that came in averaging 213. Rush defense was far and away the biggest improvement for me. And this is on 35 carries. So it's not like they didn't go to the well, yeah, for ex- right. exactly. And, you know, granted, some of those are TFLs, but still, uh, and, and a couple sacks, but still, uh, it's 35 carries for 22 yards, uh, 0.6 yards per carry. BYU averaged 6.1 yards per tote uh, tonight. And I don't know that it was a great improvement from one week to the next. And, yes, there were some intermediate settling routes that had Utah State wide open tonight, but I thought that BYU's DBs, on the edges tonight, I thought were really where they needed to be on a number of occasions tonight. And yeah, there was one PI that got thrown, but I thought that they were and just Robinson wor- got beat on the one touchdown in in the far in the yeah. far corner. Yeah, but I thought generally speaking, as much I mean, Bonner threw it up tonight. I mean, he was tossing it up. I, I thought the BYU DBs played a really nice game. So Agreed. anyway, those are my thoughts there. So appreciate that. That is uh, Cougar Nation now at byu.edu for the email on the Twitter hashtag byucnn. That's BYU-CNN for Cougar Nation Now. Hashtag BYU-CNN. This is BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation Now. We'll head back to the Twitter and see what emails drop our way as we continue. It is BYU 34 and Utah State 20, the final score on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
You're listening to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Just past midnight, we are due for a station ID. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Algier, how does a trusted running game allow an offense with QB shuffling to still be successful? Riley, you want to swing at this? Hey. It helps you not get behind the sticks. You can you can keep things moving forward on early downs, on first and second down. Uh, that, to me, is the biggest one. And then also, by getting in third and manageable. Now, BYU didn't necessarily like need to score, so we didn't see this, but we definitely saw it in them you know, uh, chewing the clock and extending the drive. But it also gets you in third and manageable, where you're not in an obvious passing situation. Your run, run is in play. You know, anywhere third and four to six, run is in play, screen is in play, play action is in play, or drop back game is in play. So, to me, that's how it helps a young quarterback, because it doesn't allow a defense to tee off knowing that you're in obvious passing situations jake brandon on twitter says do you get the feeling that puka nakua is just getting started i'd love to hear your and riley nelson's thoughts so i'd love to hear riley and mitchell's thoughts both riley as the quarterback and mitchell as the former wide receiver puka by the way targeted three times tonight for three catches 62 yards along a 42 i'll drop in my uh, my early thought that yeah, I think just getting started is a good way to put it because he really didn't have a training camp. He was held back physically uh, early in camp. Uh, he suffered something that didn't let him just really stay a part of camp for a few weeks. And so I think he was a bit behind when he got involved with the offense, didn't play the opener, right? Um, I, I'm more excited every week I see him. Um, and he's getting as much attention tonight for blocking work as he did for catching work. He's sure-handed, appears to be a great route runner, and yeah, I do get that sense. Now we're almost six games in, of course, but this could be somebody that BYU really leans on in the back half of a really stout schedule. You can tell a lot about a player by how he's schemed up on the defense. So first play of the game, they leave him one-on-one coverage. Boom, 42-yard, you know, go route, one-on-one, goes up and owns his receiver. After that, you mentioned he was only targeted those three times, but uh, he was looked for on two other occasions, uh, streaking down the field where he had the corner beat, but fool me once, you know, I won't make that, I won't make the mistake of messing up that saying, but uh, Utah State was not about to be fooled twice. They kept a savio safety over top, but there was twice. One was Baylor, and one was Conover in the second half, where they were looking to get him downfield, and I saw him beat the corner, but sure enough, they kept a safety over top of him, which to me, the, when an opponent respects you like that to dedicate two defenders to you, uh, it means that you're, you know, you're a force to be reckoned with. Mitch? Yeah. Um, well, we're seeing it with Aaron Roderick, right? They're they're calling more plays for Puka. I mean, we saw today, was it two or three that he had uh, sweeps coming across? Um, it, the thing about Puka that, you know, as, as I'm down on the field, he's a he's a really big receiver. Um, I mean, I, what's his st- Is he over 200 pounds? Uh, officially listed at six one two ten. Okay, I mean, yeah, he's he's a big guy, and um, one of the things that I've been impressed with the last two games, he's making catches that he actually didn't make in the first couple games when he played, um, and, and that's just repetition. He's getting familiar with 
um, you know, um, tracking balls if you're not playing for a while. Um, it, it takes a little bit of a time to adjust, make those adjustments on the fly. And so absolutely, um, not only is he improving as a player as he's getting more familiar and getting reps, but I think, you know, Aaron Roddick it, sees it as well. Um, Fessy, and, and they're putting him in positions to make plays more often, um, drawn up plays specifically for Puka. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it, absolutely he's just getting started. I'm, I'm excited to see him continue to build this, these connections with, I guess, all three quarterbacks. And, uh, um, yeah, I think the future's yeah. bright. Uh, Austin Cummings on Twitter says, considering BYU had two starting offensive linemen out, having a 200-plus yard rusher is incredibly impressive. He says, I can't overstate the way the Hogs stepped up. And, yeah, shout out. Uh, Connor Pay starting at center in place of James Empey. And uh, Campbell Barrington getting his first start, playing in place of Harris Lachance. At, uh, at right tackle tonight. So down to QB3, two new stars on the offensive line. Uh, you know, th- th- those, are some, those are some significant changes and moving pieces involved in this offense. And so uh, to be able to have it all turn out the way it did tonight and gain almost 500 yards of offense, uh, kudos to the replacements. And, and yes, uh, an impressive number indeed with, you know, new guys playing up front. Greg, it was not that long ago. I'm old enough to remember when BYU came in here. I guess let's all take a moment and realize how far the depth, how far this program has improved their depth, and how quickly. Anybody else remember the circumstance around 2017? Come in, starters injured. You come in with your number two. Your number two gets hurt in the game, yeah. and your number three's got to be here. How did that turn out? That was right? a Coy Detmer game, right? Yeah, that yeah. Bohod started yeah. it, and Bohod's left with a foot injury. Coy Detmer comes in. Five interceptions between the the two quarterbacks. Seven and, turnovers, I think, in total. And this and the supporting staff around them was not able to support them enough. It all fell on young quarterbacks, and they got overwhelmed in a big situation. Just in four short years or five five seasons, I guess that is. Think about how far Kalani has has um, progressed this program. It's unbelievable to me. Okay, my man Nate uh, brings up the uh, – he says, it seems like the biggest issue right now is getting the defense off the field on third down. What is allowing teams to be so successful on third, especially third down and long? And uh, there were tonight 11 of 21 third downs converted by Utah State. The third down conversions were of 7 yards, 8 yards, 8 yards, 9 yards, a 4-yarder, a 12, a 15 a 6, 3, 10, 10, and 4. So a bit of a mixed bag, but certainly a handful of double-digit plus third-down conversions. Just the sheer number of them as well. Utah State was getting to third a lot more than BYU. Nine more third-down attempts for Utah State than BYU tonight. And BYU's third-down performance on offense was certainly acceptable. Six for 12, 50%. Utah State uh, a little more than 50% at 11 for 21 Uh, As you were watching it, and I was calling it, Riley, and Mitch, as you were interpreting it from the sideline, what were you maybe seeing that are things that are either A, a fix, or things that just have maybe continued to kind of nag at BYU on third and longs this year? Mitch, take this first crack at this one. Yeah, so um, most of those two, and and correct me if I'm wrong, Greg, most of those conversions came before the fourth quarter? 
Uh, How many of them came in the fourth? Fourth quarter, there was a there was there were there were two third and tens converted in the fourth quarter. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I know, and, and Ben Byward talked about this, right? And in the fourth quarter, they made more of a switch to drop eight, knowing that they were going to pass a little bit more. Um, I, I think, I mean, it, it's been a struggle, right, for for BYU's defense to get off the field, especially with third and longs. We did see a number of situations where. Um, it, right before, whether it was penalties as well. Um, I think a lot of times this can become almost a mental block that you've got to get over. Um, Whether guys are, there were a couple of them, I think um, a couple missed coverages um, where they left just the middle of the field wide open and they started, I mean, going back to last week, Utah State against Boise State, um, they were um, killing Boise State over the middle of the field, and um, they had a couple receivers who yeah. kind of just got really connecting with the quarterback um, over the middle of the field, and we just didn't have those spots. Um, they, they found the holes. They did a really good job at that, and, and kept and, and kept going after it. And so, I think the middle of the field was one of the issues today. Um, I, I'm not sure. You know, um, maybe Riley's mind can can analyze a little bit how, how that's more defended as far as um, eliminating those um, uh, kind of 10, 15, 20 yard gaps in the middle of the field. But uh, that was where I felt like Utah State really capitalized on a lot of those third and longs. So um, they will never admit it publicly because they're uh, they're magicians in a way in that I get you over here on my left hand my, while my right hand's, you know, T- taking your wallet or, or t- taking the watch off your hand. But this is, I've seen enough of this now. This is by design. I mean, it, w- they're giving up throws right at the sticks, right? They're not giving up, these conversions are not, it's not like it's third and 10 and then they give up a 25 yard play. It's third and 10. How many measurements did we have? How many spot yeah. reviews did we have? So they're giving up tough plays right at the sticks and they know through advanced analytics. The number of college football teams and quarterbacks that are disciplined enough and can execute at a high enough level to consistently score on 8, 10, 12, 15 play drives, you can count them on the number of one hand, right? And so uh, this is, but Kalani likes it because we ask him the question and he gets the chance to be like, yeah, I know, we got to work on it. And all those guys, when he and, he and Eliza are sitting in the back of the bus being like, hey, good game, man. It went exactly <laughs> according to plan. But they get the they get to tell us all that we're working on it. They get to show up on Monday on film and tell all the guys like, hey, we got to be more stout. We got to get out the field on third down when really it, it's by design. I mean, it's worked. Um, and, and the key is it's not it's the manner in which they're giving up third down. Like I said, they're giving them right up at the sticks, uh, it, forcing them to sustain drives. And the vast majority of college football teams are going to be incapable of doing that, and that's going to work in BYU's favor over time. And it's points, it's points, it's points. And I'll give you a number here: BYU now under Kalani, thirty-two and nine, with a thirteen-game win streak, when allowing twenty-one or fewer. And tonight. All the yards and all the chain movers and all the third down conversions got Utah 20 points. And BYU's keeping teams right where they need to be to be 5-0. and Question coming in from Benjamin on the email, Cougar Nation now at BYU.edu. He says, love you guys. Well, love you back, Benjamin. Go through the teams on the rest of the schedule and the games you're most worried about. Well, I'm worried about every week. Okay? I mean, I'll, okay, I'll give you a break on Idaho State. That doesn't... I don't, I don't sweat that one a lot tonight. But Boise State home next week. Boise's Boise, and, and yes, BYU's had better success at home than on the road, but 
Uh, it's a great rivalry for a lot of reasons. And if you're down to QB3, should you be, uh, that's an equalizing factor in and of itself. And so, yeah, Boise, clearly a worry. At undefeated and nationally ranked Baylor the week after, well, yeah. At Wazoo, not as much of a deal. Utah State beat Washington State in Pullman. Wazoo's not done much this year. That's a struggling team. Uh, they've got issues on and off the field. Uh, not as concerned, but every time you hit the road against P5, there's got to be healthy respect. Virginia at home on October 30th, the Bronco game. So first the Broncos game next week, then the Bronco game at the end of the month. And uh, you know, Don't let that Bron- distract you from the fact that they're the number one passing team in the country right, right now. Brennan Armstrong is averaging over – yeah, Brennan Armstrong is throwing for big numbers right now. Now Bronco probably had – the luckiest win of his career last night. Uh, they had a touchdown pass that went from pick to TD. Off a dude's back. Off a dude's backside. And then a 33-yard missed field goal Blink. that would have beaten them at the end of the game. So Broncos got to feel like, well, you know, that, that I may never get luckier in one game than to have what happened last night. But Virginia, 3-2, and two, coming in and all kinds of subplots and storylines and motivations. So, yeah, that's going to be worrisome in so many ways. Idaho State's the FCS game you win. At Georgia Southern, coaching change. Uh, Two time zones. We might yeah. no, Nobody is quite sure where Georgia Southern is. We might get lost on the way to the game <laughs> and not get full warm-ups in. No, I'm joking. Statesboro, Georgia, by the way. <laughs> uh, at Georgia Southern, team with losing record, coaching change. You like to think you're going to handle that one. And then uh, all kinds of drama. And who knows? You know, If BYU keeps on winning games, how large the game at the Coliseum will loom. But that's a team with a coaching change and quarterback issues. And who, know what that, who knows what that team will look like at the end of November. So uh, not a real definitive answer to his question that says which game you're most worried about, but of those games I just mentioned, BYU could lose any one of you know three or four and say, well, yeah, that that that's that's going to happen. Um, we hope that BYU loses none of the games we just mentioned, but there's uh, there are mines placed all along the way, the rest of the way. The fact that four of BYU's final five FBS games are all road games that's a significant factor. BYU doesn't leave the state of Utah since the Arizona opener in Vegas. They have Utah at home, Arizona State at home, South Florida at home, Utah State in-state, Boise State at home. That's a lot of Beehive State home cooking. And then it gets road heavy at Baylor, at Wazoo. A couple home games, then at Georgia Southern, at USC to finish things out. So it finishes tough for BYU. But, hey, 5-0 is 5-0, and and the Cougs are legit too. I mean, they're, they're the team other teams are worried about on their schedules right now. And it's now the seventh time all-time that BYU is 5-0 uh, and to open a season. And the first time ever in back-to-back years, obviously, because last week was the first ever uh, back-to-back 4-0 start for BYU. All right, let's uh, quickly hit the emails and the Twitter before we uh, begin to wrap things up. Mm, Interesting question uh, from Dave Gonzalez, listening tonight on KSL, by the way. He says, how long do you think BYU can keep Aaron Roderick on the BYU football staff? He seems to be coming... He seems to be becoming quite an incredible coach with the experience that he's gaining as an offensive coordinator and then his time at the U as well. He seems to be becoming a very formidable candidate for a head coaching job in college football. That's from Dave Gonzalez. And among the things I tell people I'm most impressed with when I'm interviewed by other folks about the 3-0, 4-0, 5-0 start is just how A-Rod's called this season uh, for BYU. And um, I hope they can keep him as long as he wants to be at BYU. The Cougs will be a P5 program within a couple seasons. There's no longer the allure of having to leave BYU to go P5. One of the reasons I love Big 12 so much is because that helps, I think, retain coaches that want to be at the P5 level. Um, Then the only question becomes, 
how badly does he want to be a head coach? And when does that opportunity arise? Uh, for selfish reasons, I want him to be the OC at BYU for as long as he wants to be here. And I hope that's a long, long time. And how blessed has BYU been to go from you know Jeff Grimes right into A-Rod and kind of not miss a beat, guys? No question. One of the, th- the only thing I'll add to that is every time I talk to Aaron, uh, the conversation quickly and uh, and is majority uh, talking about his kids and all of their activities. So they are fully entrenched, and uh, so that might be an anchor at least for this stage of life. They're kind of begin. They're kind of in that stage of life where you know friends and 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 uh, sports and activities and all that keep them uh, f- firmly anchored here in Utah. So between you know the. The salary, perhaps the pay scale adjustment, the for Big Twelve, the, yep, and yep. then the, the notoriety of the Big Twelve, uh, and then just him being a BYU guy and his family dynamics. Hopefully, that's enough to keep him here at least for the next little while. Now, his kids go on and they go off to college and all that stuff, which is going to happen, you know, eventually. Maybe, maybe that's when he goes. But for as long as we have him, we should count our lucky stars. That dude dials up plays. Man, I I sit here green with envy, and I love my coaches. I love Coach and I, and I love Doman, but Roderick's just got. A different way about him to dial up just awesome stuff. Well, and the thing that's that's co- cool about A Rod is it, it seems like every single player is featured is featured right, and and that's typically not the case. It's um, you know in, in any offense that's you've got your go to guys, um, and they're the ones that'll pile up the stat sheet, and um, but it always seems like there's so many guys that are involved. And that's just eight different receivers today, including exactly. the quarterback. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Which is why we get emails like this from William, who says, "How come we're not seeing Dallin Holker involved? Use more involved more on the offense. He has some serious speed as a tight end, and yeah, Dallin has had his moments. And in fact, when he makes a catch, he's had three, I think, so far. They've been big gainers, like nine, seventeen, thirty-one yards. So yeah, but BYU's just that good around." the quarterback and running backs that you can spread it around to so many people and still leave people wondering, what about this guy? And what about that guy? And there's still more to come from this offense. That's a great problem to have. Yeah. Andrew George was probably an all conference player in most years, but unfortunately he shared the position room with Dennis Pitta, right? (laughs) So uh, it it happens sometimes, but it's a great thing for the program and offense at large. All right. uh, Gunnar Romney, by the way, led BYU in targets tonight. Nine targets caught five for 42 uh, Puka, three of his three targets. Neil Pau, four of his six targets. Isaac Rex, all three of his targets, including a touchdown, the only touchdown, touchdown pass of the night for BYU. Hey, this is BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation Now, brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Time to give away two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream, and we'll do that with a skill-testing trivia question. First answer in using the hashtag BYUCNN will win the ice cream tonight. Hashtag BYUCNN, and the first correct answer I see using that hashtag will be the winner of the ice cream tonight. Uh, Mitch, are you content with the question we've settled on tonight? Yeah, I think it's good. You all right with that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Here is the question. When Now, Boise State's the next game on the schedule. When BYU defeated Boise State in 2015, how long... Was the game-winning fourth-down touchdown pass Mitchell Jurgens caught? How long was the game-winning fourth-down touchdown pass Mitchell Jurgens caught as BYU beat Boise State in 2015? Use the hashtag BYUCNN. First correct answer on the timeline wins the ice cream next on the BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. One of the half- 
happiest moments of my broadcasting life came six years ago as BYU welcomed Boise State to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And Mitchell Jurgens, our man Mitch, had a monster night. Everyone remembers him for the, the touchdown pass that we're using for our trivia question tonight. But, Riley, do you know what kind of night Mitch had in total that night? Did he surpass 200 or close? He was close enough. Four for 172 Jeez. and two scores. That's an average per catch of 43. So I totally could have broke. Um, there was a play. I mean, you're always you're always watching film. There was a play. Um, it was bad. What was the play call? I, I, you might have run it too. Um, uh, did you ever run minor? Did you have What's that play? Formation? It was like it was two an two? Uh, unbalanced formation. Oh, yeah, quads. Um, so like four yeah. by one. Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, I was. And what I were mean, you, number three or? No, I was uh, the furthest inside guy. Yeah. Okay. And I ran right down the field. No one was there. Um, Tanner didn't see me, so mm-hmm. I didn't get the ball in that play. But if I had caught that one, I mean, maybe then we don't get down to the to the end there. But uh, that was um, that was probably the catch that would have put me over two hundred. Mm. So I mean, here's the thing. I don't know if I, if a receiver's ever had a better first minute and last minute of a game. <laughs> Let's not forget. I mean, people forget this part because they remember Mitch for the end. Uh-huh. 51 seconds in, Tanner Mangum to Mitchell Juergens, 84-yard touchdown. So, 80, What was that on? What play? Uh, ace 90. <laughs> Scramble what? Just drill. four verts? Yeah, it was, so it was third. Did it, they lose you? Me, it was like third 19, right? Because we uh, – First play was in a complete pass. Second play, or no, second play was a sack. Oh my gosh, Mitch is amazing. First, first so, play so, was so a sack. So first play is a sack. It goes to second and nineteen, incomplete to Algie. Yep. Third and nineteen from the BYU sixteen and eighty-four yards to Mitch for a touchdown. Out of two by two or three by one? Two by two. I can across what were the field. They, and then what were they in? Um. Oh, you said it was scramble drill. So it was they lost you. Drill. Okay. They, so they lost. I'm like, me. why are they not too high yeah, and no. just have you and sitting right so on he, top of you? He he got flushed out to the right. I was on the left. So I, I went up the left hash yeah. and then just yeah. bolted over Safety's to the got their the eyes in the backfield. Lost you and yeah. off to the races. So that's first minute, 84 yard touchdown for Mitch. Then he goes last minute, hail mary for so the win. Both were the exact same play too. Ace 90. It was four verts. On the fourth and seven, so the last play of the game, that we're was getting uh, to. Yeah. there was a uh, it was it was fourth and seven, so we actually weren't the the goal wasn't to throw to the end zone that play, um, and uh, I think the goal was prob at that point what was the score I can't remember. So when you guys score the touchdown, you're up. Um, yeah, so it was it was twenty. You were down twenty four twenty one. Down four twenty four twenty one. Yeah. yeah. So the the hope was just to get a first. You're down, down just three. You're looking for first down. Move the chains. Yeah. First down. Fourth and the chains seven. Potentially, then kick a field goal to tie it. And uh, but they doubled uh, Taron Houck. He was running just a kind of a ten yard sit route. They doubled it, jumped it, knowing that was coming. And then uh, I think when Tanner got flush, he just looked and saw me, and I I. Did get? I mean, I was totally the last option there, but uh, I think there was four or three, six, six plus receivers on mm. the field, and then um, not quite six feet. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I really, me- I really meandered to get to the answer. <laughs> By the way, I love the fact that you can go to the ESPN summary for that game, and there's still a video that pops up in the window, and what you see the still the still shot of the video you're about to play is Mitch leaning back. His gloved hands are extended as he's falling backwards, and the ball's not quite yet in his grasp, but it's about to be for the win. 
What a great, great memory. And it's a long way of me kind of meandering to the fact that we have a winner <laughs> to our skill testing trivia question, which is all about that play. And the question was, how long was the pass that you caught for the win from Tanner Mangum? And yes, it was a fourth and seven. Yeah. And we had a lot of answers that, that guessed high, thought it was a longer pass uh, than, than it ended up being. But the correct answer, Mitch, was what? And you knew this without yeah. us even having to research. You said it was? 35 yards. It was 35 yards. And it was a fourth and seven. And that is the correct answer. And so Kiefer McGee on Twitter was the first correct answer with the hashtag BYUCNN. Many more answers came in before and after, and many more correct answers did come in after, but the first one we got was from Kiefer McGee, and I'll be DMing him to get info from him to get him two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. And uh, that was your last catch of the night. It was. On a four-catch, 172-yard night for Mitchell Juergens, including two scores to begin the game and to end the game a game that BYU wins 35-24. Now, Mitch's catch and TD and PAT put him up 28-24, but then there was an, another touchdown as uh, Kai Nakua, right? And Samson and Puka yep. are brothers or cousins? Brothers. brothers. They're all, all brothers. Sorry, I, I should yeah. know that. Yeah, they're all brothers. brothers. So Kai Nakua then finished it off with a pick six. And, and Mitch, you also show up in the box score 0 for 1 throwing. Yeah, 0 for 1 throwing. <laughs> Um, I think I, yeah, I showed up in all the stat categories there. Rushed the ball, yeah, so so that's crazy. Mitchell had two rushes for four, four catches for a buck seventy-two, and you were zero for one. Was 0 for what one. was the play? I almost threw a pick. It was uh, <laughs> it was it was a reverse um, pass down to down the field to Mitch Matthews, and I overthrew him. That was actually probably the longest throw I've ever. I hyped, well, Mitch up, very up fast, on so that's not very hard. I overthrew him by like. 10 yards, ended up throwing it like 50-plus yards in too, the air. Too much arm talent. Yeah, amazing arm talent. And uh, I overthrew him so bad it almost went into the defender's hands. So luckily I'm not, I wasn't 0 for 1 with a pick. Would have been Mitch to Mitch, though. It would have been, yeah. Yeah, they they kind of they had him draped. I, I should I should have ran <laughs> yeah, the ball on you. that one anyway, but uh, I wanted the glory. So <laughs> well, one of the many 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 things I love about working with uh, with Riley and Mitch is when we get to just kind of wind them up on on X's and O's and let them roll, and how the the photographic memory for both of you guys on different stuff. I mean, you know, Mitch knew it was a third and 19 that he caught the 84-yard ball on, and I didn't even need to ask or research the number of yards on the final play, et cetera, et cetera. Stuff just uh, lives in your brains and stays there forever, and I get to just kind of uh, sit here and take it all in as it comes back at me. I love it. I know our listeners do too. I think that we're all real lucky to hear from you guys. Yeah, well, we, we love the opportunity to sit here on air and reminisce <laughs> and that people find it interesting. So, Because uh, I, I don't know if Mitch is the same, but my wife is sure tire, tired of my Uncle Rico stories. So <laughs> the fact that there's someone out there who will listen makes me feel good. Well, I think we're all better for it, listeners and me, for getting to hear from you. And so uh, great stuff from both of you. And uh, thanks to all of our listeners who were part of the broadcast tonight, uh, whether listening or tweeting or syncing with the TV, and get a lot of great comments. And, and uh, it, it's just a fun way to, to, to live the broadcast here is to see what you're all thinking and feeling as you listen and watch and sometimes listen and watch. And we're just glad you spend, you, you spend your, your game nights with us. And, uh, and and bear with us through these long nights to get you either to or from or both to and from the game. 
uh, with us being your radio companion. So thanks to all for being with us tonight. Let's wrap it up. Let's congratulate our winner again, Kiefer McGee, on the Twitter for the correct answer to our trivia question. 35-yarder to Mitch Matthews for the win. And we hope that it's another win over Boise State next Saturday afternoon. Yes, they are in the afternoon sometime. Uh, BYU-Boise State, 130 next week on ABC or ESPN. And uh, BYU's doing its part to make it an ABC, you know, nationally attractive game. They're 5-0. and We'll see what the Broncos do uh, before coming in to play BYU. All right, fantastic stuff. Let's thank our crew. Uh, we'll start it back at uh, BYU Radio with our engineers, Sean Fay and Barry Squires, our coordinating producer, Terry South, our broadcast intern, Alex Dotson, our control board operators, Corbin Radford and Tanner Graff. Kudos as well. Go out to Sean O'Neill, Dane Craig, and Don Shaline from the management crew at BYU Radio here in Logan at Maverick Stadium. Our broadcast intern, Trevor Rich, our statistician, Ralph Sokolowski, our spotter, Big Jake, Jacob Murphy, Jason Shepard was our mobile studio booth host tonight. Uh, Michael Wimmer is our engineer. My name is Greg Grubel, and leaving just uh, the man to my far left tonight. Riley Nelson. And the man to my near left tonight. Mitchell Jurgens. And so for all those folks, I am Greg, thanking you for tuning in to BYU 34 and Utah State 20, our final score tonight. Cougs go to 5-0. and Cougars and Broncos next. So once again, for all those folks, I am Greg Grubel, saying in the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU football on the new skin. BYU Sports Network. Good night and so long from Logan, Utah. You have been listening to live coverage of BYU football on the new skid, BYU Sports Network. Coverage of today's game has been brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Also by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. BYU Football is a production of BYU Athletics in association with BYU Broadcasting. Special thanks to BYU President Kevin Worthen, Vice President Keith Vorkink, Athletic Director Tom Homo, and Associate Athletic Director of Corporate Sponsorships, Casey Stoffer. BYU Football is an exclusive presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network.